0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the
0: smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We start on straight out of Vegas here on a Monday with. The gift that keeps on giving, that's the Los Angeles Lakers. More drama this time. Magic Johnson, who stepped down from his role with the team about a month ago, appeared on ESPN's first take earlier today and pretty much laid waste to Rob Palenka and certain things that happened in the organization and sort of let it be known that he was not happy with the relationship he had with Polinka and what went down there in
5: L.A. But he did it as a gentleman. Of course, yeah, he always does. The, the the masters of PR, like magic, they can stick that knife in, pull it out, and you don't even see the glint of the blade. You just see you're bleeding. You know, magic's like you know he's a hard worker. That Blanca. In fact, why don't we start there? Because we got some sound. We we, we kind of zeroed in on I think the the most important parts of that interview.
2: Yeah, and that was uh, Magic Johnson commenting on Rob Pelinka and the situation in LA.
4: Let me go back to the backstabbing comment because you said that. Mhm when you resigned abruptly inside the Staples Center. Was it Rob Palinka that you're talking about? Is it Rob Palinka and other people within the Lakers organization? Who exactly were you talking to? No, just Rob. I think that it's really funny as I sit here. I don't worry about those type of things. I'm not a guy who is like, oh, man, he said this about me, and I worry about it. What happened was I wasn't having fun coming to work anymore, Mm -hmm. especially when I got to work beside you, knowing that you want my position. And I'm okay with that because this is what happened, Stephen A. I told him in year two, I'm only going to be here three years. So my job is, Rob, to get you ready for this position. You know, I was going to help elevate him to the president's position. When all this was coming back to me and guys calling me, Saying, you better watch out for him. And then what was crazy was, when I took the job, you know how I many agents called me and said, you got to watch out for him. And I said, eh, I got to give the guy a fair chance. You know, I can't listen to, mm-hmm. to people. But he, he was a hard worker, smart guy. Now you have that position. So, I'm good with that.
5: lot to unpack there. First off, that is an important point to realize. We were joking last week when it was announced they weren't going to hire a replacement for Magic. That if they're if you're the number two, like Palenka in theory was, the number one leaves, and they don't hire a number one, you're number one, right? You're making the decisions. So in a way, Palenka wins here, at least in the short term, when it comes to operational input control of the Lakers. Now, if he does well, celebration time for Palenka. If he doesn't, there's a man to blame, right? So in a way, give Palenka the win there. I also think, and Jonas, you're in L.A., and obviously the Lakers are big across the country. You know, there's debate. You know, the, the, the wisdom, the industry wisdom is the Lakers are a big story everywhere, I kind of feel like that's true. We might take some calls on this and see what the rest of the country thinks, Is how big this story is and what they think about it. But help me understand, Kobe and Polanka, Polanka was his agent, correct? Yep. yep. And they're still close. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just an agent. They're business partners, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Now... Magic and Kobe, are they known to be close or just respectful?
2: Uh, respectful, but they're definitely
5: not enemies or anything like that at all, but always been respectful. Because it seems like we've got three generations, including LeBron now, as superstars. I mean, the case could be – in fact, I don't even think it's a case. LeBron is the dominant player of the, the 20 years of this century so far, right? Yeah. And you could make the case, if you shift it 10 years And go from, let's say, you know, Michael Jordan's retirement to 2012 or whatever, some variation. That's Kobe, right? Kobe's the player during that time. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how... Do you got to go to 2009 for LeBron not to take over? I don't know where the line is. But Kobe, for at least a decade, biggest player in the NBA post-Michael. And LeBron's been, for over a decade, the biggest player in the NBA. And Magic... Was the biggest player in the NBA for the, you know, 80, at least yep. 10 years. Larry, I mean, we can debate who's better, but Magic's brand, et cetera. And they're all Lakers. And I think they see a feeding frenzy with the, with the buses in that, what's the chance? And it was funny. I listened to every second of the interview, and I listened to Stephen A's analysis after. And the thing you guys have to know about these media guys, and as I've gotten to know them, and I'm talking about the guys that have such a big name that they are connected. And that if Colin Cowherd, Fox Sports Radio, says something about OBJ, OBJ, we're not wondering if OBJ heard it. We're thinking, how is he going to react? And he might react with a... uh, I always think when people say tweet storm, it's like, is are four tweets a tweet storm? We're like, what makes a tweet storm? But he's gonna react, right? So these guys that are that big, like Colin, like Dan Patrick, like Stephen A, they hear a lot of stuff. Because the low guys below them, agents, whatever, they figure I feed information to Colin. One day he's going to be on the fence about something I did, but maybe he puts in a good word. Maybe he puts a nicer spin on it because I gave him that info two years ago. Everyone's th- It's all trading information for good coverage. That's kind of the basis of the media. We can kind of exalt the media as this sanctified institution, mm, maybe. But there's a lot of horse trading. There's a lot of mutual interest. And what ends up happening is a guy like Colin Stephen A., they can't tell you everything they know so they because that would betray the source. So they kind of shade what they say based on their inside info, and then you find out three months later it happens. And Colin goes, you know, I couldn't say it, but I was kind of trying to tell you guys this was going to happen. How many times, Brad, have you heard that? A ton. A ton. Yeah. So what I tend to do when I listen to someone like Colin so so much on a regular basis is I try to read between the lines. I don't on our personal relationship, I, I don't put him on the spot and say what's really going on. But I read between the lines. And what Stephen A said today says, Hey, it just might be the buses might have to sell this Laker team. And it was just a weird spot for him to say it. My thought is, and Jonas being an L.A. guy, Magic's figuring there's some real chance that they're going to have to sell, or they will decide to sell the Lakers in the next five years. And who would be in the best position to be the front man and thus assume power, so not just a front man, but be the face might be the way to say it, of the organization, well, that's what Magic did with the Dodgers, right? Whatever pool he had, all those rich guys, no one knows their name, behind. If they get Magic, they're thinking, well, I'll own the team, really. But having Magic on board will increase my chance of getting, being accepted on the offer. It strikes me that this is all positioning between Kobe and Magic where they're not necessarily trying to fight each other as much as understand what's our position going to be when it comes time of the real possibility the Lakers are sold. Because Kobe would love to be the front man, the face of the Lakers, right? So would Magic. It feels like there's a lot more going on here with the long game. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, Kobe Bryant, for sure, from everybody I've talked to, definitely has the ear of Jeannie Bus. He's the guy who recommended Rob Palenka for the job. So he does have pull with Jeannie Bus. I, I though, would be shocked if they sold the franchise. I'd be shocked uh, because the, she, Jeannie Bus, cares so much about keeping it in the family that the only people they're willing to hire are people close to the family or people that know the family. So it would surprise
5: me to see her just walk away from all of that. But correct me if I'm wrong, there's, there's a, multiple siblings that are in the subordinate role right mm. now but that, that are not happy about that.
2: They, I mean, if they were to overthrow her... Um, like Game of Thrones or something like that. I mean, that would be fodder for years out
5: here in L.A., but I just... But, but but they. when you say overthrow, that assumes she's supposed to be at the helm, but there was real doubt about that not that long ago, right? No, and then she, she emerged.
2: She, yeah, she's calling the shots for sure. She's she's the one in charge for sure. She's the one who got her brother ousted the first time because she wasn't happy with the direction of the organization. Yeah. She's, she's the
5: one in charge. I mean, listen. Here's the thing that I think makes the chance real that the Lakers get sold in the next five years. And producer Daryl, when we make those long-term predictions, write it down. I'll make enough of them that, you know, pretty much anything that happens at some point <laughs> we can say. It's like the famous line on Cheers. Remember Sam was trying to sleep with Rebecca and he finally did like five years into her being there. And he pulls out a sealed envelope and he says, read this. Guy opens up, you know, it might have been Cliff or whatever, opens up and goes, on June 23rd, 1991, I will sleep with Rebecca Howe. He goes, holy cow, how'd you know? He goes, oh, I write one of those every morning, sealed mm-hmm. up in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so one day it'd be right, right. Well, we don't do that, but we do want to take credit when we are right. Here's why I think it happens. If you're like the Knicks owner, Dolan, all you've known is the city's mad at you. Right? I mean, if you listen to these hardcore Knicks fans, they hate James Dolan, like, with a passion. It's like, he's their nemesis. But it seems like he's behind his golden gates and doesn't really care. With the buses, you've got kids that grew up and their dad was loved. The city of L.A. loved their dad. So, if the tide turns to the point, let's say that it was even 60% as bad as the hate for James Dolan, if you're worth billions of dollars, because the Lakers will sell for, what, $4 billion is the estimate, I've heard. So if the family's worth billions, but you go to a restaurant and half the people are glaring at you, they're mad— What is it worth it? Or take your take the billions and go and everyone's gonna celebrate. You know, she goes up at some point and says, Hey, we tried to run this the best we could. We care so much, and we think for the welfare of the Lakers, we are gonna sacrifice and sell the team. I'm not saying for sure it's gonna happen, but boy, and let me ask you quickly, quick answer, Jonas. If the city truly turned on the buses, you think they they just trench in, trench warfare and just stay there hated for years. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, put that down for a bad <laughs> prediction from Joe. Right. All right. Hey, we got it covered, though, right? Whatever happens, straight out of Vegas, <laughs> we'll be able to take a bow. The other person can take that day off. Straight
6: out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: And then they're never at any of and those. Never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? He's the the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
6: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.
2: Try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids. And we've worked hard to build a nice home. And you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash show for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. And again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com crshow show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com All show.
5: All right, Fez, let's look back over the weekend Couple of takeaways. I just want the two, I want the headlines because in a weird way, we've had Saturday pass, we've had Sunday pass. A six o'clock Eastern show like straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio, we're reacting to the reactions. Or we're listening all day. We're trying to other people trying to hear what hasn't been said, and we try to add that in. What hasn't been said. About the weekend's games.
1: Last night's game, Toronto wins. I was unimpressed with Toronto, RJ. I thought that Toronto won solely because Milwaukee had a bad game, particularly Milwaukee's two best players. Giannis had an off game. Only scored 12 points. Chris Middleton, second best player for Milwaukee, three for 16, didn't even score 10 points. And despite that, Toronto needed double overtime to win as a favorite. And in that second overtime, early in that second overtime, Giannis fouled out.
5: Okay, I think that's a great point. Because if you just made a checklist and said, how how did the key players play for one team? Let's say the top three. Had the top three to do from Milwaukee. Then we're looking at you know other factors. How well did everybody shoot? Foul calls. I heard Giannis didn't have, and I didn't notice this while watching the game. I was on a second screen, but he didn't shoot a foul shot till like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So not getting the calls, and this is why maybe the mm, the assumption of a lot of NBA fans is that Game Three is going to be loaded the best way possible on the side of that home team. Because imagine, and we've got a case in point, as Jonas said here in a few minutes, we're going to be breaking down tonight's game. It's 3-0. The interest level in this series has plummeted. It's 2-1 in the Toronto series. Interest in game 4 night and day, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and Toronto's top
1: 2 leading scorers outscored Milwaukee's top 2 leading scorers by 40 points, RJ. If I told you that, and I said Toronto needed overtime to win, you're like, "Wow, the rest of the team for Toronto
5: not stepping up at all." So just to be clear though, in game 3 especially, when it's 0-2 home team down, you ha- you don't hand you cannot handicap that game without considering All the benefits of the home team down 0-2. Correct. So, like, tick off what what are the objective benefits. We can say conspiracy theory, NBA is going to put an official in there that benefits the home team. And that's how the NBA would do it. They're not going to cheat, but they're going to put a favorable official that's affected by a home crowd that calls the game either loose or tight based upon what the home team would benefit from. You agree with that, right? I do agree, yes. Now, what are the other factors? Intensity uh, of motivation.
1: Yeah, all in effort for the team down 0-2. And we've seen that, frankly, in that first half trend where this team, the team that's 0-2 coming back home, is came into this year 88-40 and against the spread in the first half. They're 5-2 well, well, this year.
5: Just to be clear, because you said a lot of things, and then you said first half at the end. So the theory is that one of... The most motivated times for an NBA team is going to be game three at home, down 0-2. But that motivation shows itself early in a game. Because you can be super excited for something, but if it's multiple hours since the game started, it's going to flatten out back to where the other team is. So the way to get at that, a lot of pro bettors have been betting the first half to get that crowd enthusiasm and player enthusiasm edge. Exactly right. And and during those years, many years, even though the bookies knew all this stuff, whatever, whatever, the record was what?
1: It was 88-40 and 40 coming into this year. For the home team. For the home team. 5-2 and two this year, and we saw it last night. Toronto up at half by 7. Second half, Milwaukee's the better team. Toronto starting to run out of gas.
5: Well... I don't think run out of gas is the right way to say it, is whatever edge they had motivationally flattens out. Flattens out, And then when they don't have that edge, Milwaukee seems to be clearly the better team. Yes. All right, last thing. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas, talking to Steve Fezzik, and Fezzik is now having his godfather moment, which is when Michael says, you're going to have to answer for Santino, Carlo. (laughs) Van Vliet. Oh, jeez. One for 11 last night. Now... I was going to play this to cheer you up. One game.
3: If we played them 10 times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight.
5: But he didn't make one out of 10. (laughs) He only made one out of 11. So that doesn't... Even the miracle on ice doesn't apply. Now, we found out last week that Van Vliet was your second or third favorite player in all sports. Is that true? He was, yes. Yeah. And now, as you just said... A couple bad weeks, and you've been a, you've been. I don't want to call it love. You've been in sports love with Van Vliet for how long? Last three years, and he's been playing bad for how long? Since in the, the playoffs? Oh, throughout every playoff. So a couple weeks, e- even
1: last year. But the but year you before, still loved him.
5: I thought it was it an was, aberration last. Exactly. year. Exactly, you were able to overlook his failings until he had three straight bad weeks. And three years of love go into the toilet. You're, you're that transactional, is what you're saying.
1: Oh, I'm very short term.
5: So, yeah. yeah. So, if Brad did a few wrong things to you, it could be years of things, and then Brad's out. All that goodwill's out the window. Absolutely. Mm. Now you know. Truly noted.
4: Straight Outta
6: Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Golden State with a 3-0 series lead over the Trailblazers and a a 2.5-point favorite on Pregame.com.
5: Now, this might be hard to believe, but some people are still skeptical when I tell them something. You would think it'd be like, you tell him, he's proven it, but no. A lot of people are like, RJ, do you really believe that these NBA players that have their legacy at stake play hard or not hard, zigging and zagging, as we like to say. Tonight's game proves, if you look at the line, how strong motivation is when it comes to these NBA playoffs, meaning in some cases a team's extra motivated and others not so motivated. So game three, when in theory Portland was max motivated, What was the line in the game?
1: Portland was favored. Portland minus two and a half.
5: Okay. Portland, who was clearly the inferior team. Now, what was the line or what's the line for tonight? Well, the line's still two and a half, but now Portland is
1: the underdog. There's been a five point line adjustment.
5: What's changed? Right? Jonas, as a fan, you're thinking, down 0-3, they're going to be even more motivated. They can't lose this game. Right, But somehow, someway, Golden State, relative to Portland, is five points better than they were on Saturday. Case closed. Motivation matters. And the numbers, you would think, oh, I bet that ho- that team that's down 0-3 does well. They're actually below 500 against this team. Yeah, play. since 2003, those home teams down 3-0 only cover 40% of the time. So, we know that. We know motivation is a question. We also know, because we've been preaching it, the numbers say that Steph Curry led Golden State with maybe the best player in the NBA on the bench or somewhere not playing in a suit on his phone Somehow go and say it's better. That's what the numbers say. What do you say tonight, Fezzik? I lean to Portland,
1: and the reason I lean, RJ, you you mentioned it. There's been a five-point adjustment. Why is there a five-point adjustment? Because typically, oftentimes when a team is down 0-3 in the playoffs – they get discouraged. They even mail it in. The crowd isn't excited. But I think Portland is a unique team here. I think Portland is overachieved in these playoffs. Already has two upset wins in their first two series. And I expect the team and the crowd to still be very supportive of
5: Portland. Okay, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. If you're saying the line's adjusted five points, or if you're a Portland fan— Or better, instead of laying two and a half, you're getting two and a half. That is night and day. That is gold if you're right that somehow Portland won't be affected by this motivational malaise that seems to hit these teams down 3 then why wouldn't this be a gigantic bat? Because I'm
1: worried that Dame Lillard is not who? 100. Lillard has a rib injury. Do you know who he's
5: talking about? Damian Lillard. Okay, go ahead.
1: He has a rib injury. All right, it, it, apparently he's had it since game two, and it wasn't on the injury report, and he's been playing horribly. He's shooting 33%. I'm worried Lillard for Portland is not at 100%, and I'm also worried that their center, Enos Cantor, is barely going to play.
5: Okay, well, listen, we'll take our quick bows on this. I mean, the... Never got as good feedback as when we won the first prop with Cantor on Thursday night's game, but then on Friday we said, you know, we think this is still applicable. We get for the next game, and it was almost as easy. I mean, I guess it was easy. You only played like nine minutes, seven minutes, okay. of the entire season, RJ. So listen, it goes to show you if all you're doing is getting numbers and you're trying to find decimal point edges. It's hard to beat sports betting because of that VIG, that minus 110. But if you watch, and this is what Fezic does best, not always, but best, he'll see things other people aren't seeing. In this case, I saw it with Cantor, and boy, we cashed two nice tickets. Fez, you're leaning, leaning with Portland, but not alike in the game tonight. Tomorrow, we'll see if you were right. Right out of
3: Vegas!
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break.